Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Uh, yesterday, Percy told me that, Mark, one of the more underrated parts of this program is your fire re-entries that you select. Well, thank you. I would agree. Quite the DJ. There's um, always something there. He doesn't just play it to play it. He's the music coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, occasionally ascends himself up into, Mark, the the coaching, you know, you the move upper a wrong liar. That's right. Thank uh, you. A, rare, a, a rare, wrong right. higher, I should say, in the coaching quarters. That's what Eric Bieniemy, among others, would like to do. Uh, a lot of moving parts when it comes to the Colts right now, Kevin, in terms of trying to determine not only the head coach, but the route that they might go at quarterback as well, because we now know that a guy like Derek Carr is <sighs> going to be moving <sighs> on. <sighs> I, I'm with <sighs> you. There's no way they go that route, right? <laughs> no. You know the Michael Scott gif? Just no, 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 no. Yeah. Yes. That's my thoughts. And I think Derek Carr is a fine quarterback. Fine. But you look at the money. You know, like this, uh, of all the retread things the Colts have done at quarterback here over the last couple of years, the Carr situation has the most commitment to it financially. Um, Field Yates, who we're hoping to have on the, on the show next week, um, from ESPN, he tweeted out these figures yesterday. It's just astronomical to look at it. Derek Carr, over the next three years, his base salary, $31.9 million, $41.9 million, and $41.3 million. To get a guy that, what, has been in the league for a decade and has played one playoff game? No, thank you. The problem is that the, whatever happens with Derek Carr, if he does get moved, uh, that will have effects on what the Colts do in the draft because the Raiders have the seventh overall pick. So you'd think if they move they move Carr, they'll be itching to move up to get a quarterback in the draft. Now, it's a great point, Mark. And there are some teams, and you mentioned this briefly yesterday, just behind Indy that I think we have to keep an eye on. You know, Seattle's got two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. You know, what does Carolina do? You obviously brought up the, the Raiders – Again, Chicago is just in a golden, golden situation where they don't need to panic. They've got desperate teams lined up behind them, and they can dangle that number one pick and say, who wants it and how willing are you to trade up for that? So I am of the opinion that Derek Carr, the last thing I saw someone mention yesterday, I'm picturing a Colts offseason of Derek Carr, Jeff Saturday, and a drafting of left tackle at number four. (laughs) Hey. Would that that be a jump off the monument? I mean, that would be – I do like Derek Carr. I, listen, I can't sit here and be somebody that backtracks on what I've said previously on this show. I, I love the leadership of Derek Carr. He's a fine quarterback, Jake, but no. He, he is, but, they, but he has had talent, you, you know, and – Arguably is the best running back wideout duo in the NFL last year. It's time for the Colts – to reset it. I mean, there's no doubt. At some point, you've got to do it, and I understand that it's it's time to get going, right? Any of these coaching candidates stick out to you at all so far? Again, three interviewed. Bubba Ventrone 
Giro Avero, who ironically, if you look at Avero, he's the De- Denver defensive coordinator. He coached on the offensive side of the ball under Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco for a few years. Eric Bieniemy interviewed late last night, and then reportedly today, Raheem Morris, D.C. with the Rams, offense coordinator Ben Johnson with the Lions, and then tomorrow, Shane Steichen, offense coordinator from the Eagles. Any of those, Jake, stand out to you? I'll tell you, disingenuous for me to sit here and say that I know the ins and outs of every coach, right? And there are certain coaches that we don't know much about them or their abilities until they ascend into the head coaching position. And then you really, you know, you get a feeling, you go, wow, you know, how do we miss this guy? And sometimes coaching is a lot more about, you know, what is it they say? More about the Jimmys and Joes than the X's and O's, right? I mean, look at Sean McVay. He was the greatest thing in the history of coaching a year ago. And then this year they're, the Rams, the bottom falls out. Injury is a big part of that. He doesn't have as many players. And now is he going to continue to coach? Still got Mrs. McVay. Now, <laughs> having said that, uh, the guy that, that actually, Kevin, you probably have sold me on without even realizing you have, a guy that I'm pretty intrigued by is Raheem Morris. You know, I remember when he was the head coach in Tampa – 32 years old, by the way. He was young. And, you know, Stephen Holder, for example, covered those Tampa teams and speaks very highly of him. Um, And I trust Stephen's opinion in that regard. This has nothing to do with coaching acumen, I realize, but my cousin lives in Tampa and is a huge Bucks fan, season ticket holder, the whole deal. And (laughs) look at you. You like doing the pirate voice every once yeah. in a while? You know, as soon as I said that out loud, I'm like, oh, jeez, Jake loves pirate voices. <laughs> I do. That was just, uh, what we a big had, Friday mistake Yesterday, we, we've had increasing chatter for requests for my British voice, by the way. But I think that was one of your burner accounts. Yeah, I'm not, clearly, not convinced that was some I actual person. I don't have a, a burner account. Um, Valerie, my cousin, used to talk all the time when he was there about what a great guy Raheem Morris was in the community. That didn't win you football games. But I think it shows a leadership slash maturity about him that maybe didn't translate into the football field as a young person. But I think that he does have a reputation as being a really good leader that is probably ready to, again, try his hand at head coaching. You know, something I thought about with the BNME move last night, Jake, and this might be a tad galaxy brain, so I apologize if it is that. But what's one of the knocks on Eric Bieniemy? How much say does he have in Kansas City? Right. How much is he really stirring that, sh- you know, right. drink? Like, you know, is it all Mahomes and Reed? Well, what if you hired a Raheem Morris as your head coach and then Eric Bieniemy came here as the offensive coordinator and called the plays? And he ran the offensive show. He got out of the Kansas City class. Does he view that as, hey, we've had unbelievable success here in Kansas City, won a Super Bowl. Hell, they might win a Super Bowl here in the coming weeks. But do I feel like to finally get that head coaching job, I've got to get out of this situation, prove that I can run the entire offensive show, and maybe that will open up some eyes? That is something I think to keep in mind with some of these candidates. Ajiro Avero, which I'm always having trouble to say, the candidate that was interviewed yesterday afternoon, again, defensive coordinator in Denver last year. Well, look at Denver right now. 
they're looking for a head coach. So seemingly Avero is is free. Um, would he make sense if you hired more of an offensive-minded head coach there? So I think some of these, yes, they could be head coaching candidates, of course. But also, if you hire predominantly one side of the ball or the other, these guys could factor into coordinators. But, and I do think, you know, look at what happened to Matt Eberflus here. He ran the show defensively. That was his baby. Frank Reich didn't even touch it. And what happened? He was able to parlay that into a head coaching gig. You know, do do people view that opportunity here in Indy? If you're Eric Bieniemy, why though would you leave being the offensive coordinator where Patrick Mahomes is your pilot? Because he haven't gotten a head coaching gig in four years. But I'm saying to be an o, if you were saying like if he to be an O coordinator elsewhere, I mean. But to call the plays. And to be Fair. the one that that's really leading that. I think a lot of people, rightfully so, think that Andy Reid is the guy there. And that has kind of stunted a little bit of, you know, how much people have belief, I guess, in Eric B. Enemy. So I do think that is something to uh, keep an eye on. I saw a report yesterday. And I meant to mention this a little bit earlier. Um, we've, we've talked Pacers, a little bit of trade deadline. A guy in the building tonight that I think is frequently mentioned with the Pacers John Collins. I was just going to say John Collins, who they could have had in the draft, right? He, Yeah, the old TJ Leaf over John Collins. John Collins, when he went through the draft process, the question marks about John Collins were his commitment and his maturity. Now, obviously, uh, interestingly enough, those are two things that ended up doing in TJ Leaf, quite frankly. I don't know that you know T.J. Leaf was asked by the Pacers to do some things in the off seasons that he declined, or was going to do on his own, and you know just kind of never worked out for him. And I think at UCLA had they, and I'm sure the Pacers did do their homework. Don't get me wrong, but I think that there was some question about T.J. Leaf, um, in terms of his just kind of being a pain at UCLA. Um, so. Choosing that over John Collins is interesting, but Collins has been a good player for Atlanta. And I do think that is a bit of a missing ingredient for Indiana. Like, when O'Shea Brissett was out the other night, I'm thinking to myself, who the hell is going to play the four? Yeah. Because Neesmith has been a guy that's played with, with that starting unit. The Pacers have really by, gotten small I'm intrigued by this year. when Tice gets healthy, what if they play him or what, what they do with him. 